Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you don't have a quiet time, you will have none of those benefits. I can tell you that every pastor, when people come in for counseling, we will say to them, what's the issue? Marriage, money, relationships, job, drugs, alcohol, sex, a million things. What we'll discover almost every single time is they never have a quiet time with God. If you've ever used a recipe to cook or bake, you find pretty quickly that if you leave out an ingredient or get some other aspect of the preparation wrong, the dish won't turn out like it should. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that the Christian life is much the same. God has given the Christ followers specific steps, ingredients, for a successful relationship with himself. One of the most neglected things is time spent with God himself. Pastor Mark will be talking about the negative results from ignoring this ingredient, as well as telling you of the benefits that come from adding this quiet time to your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he begins his message, Sent Out Disciples, Greater. You can turn to Mark chapter 3. What comes to your mind when you hear these two words? Comfort zone. Comfort zone. Well, I'd like to say that all Christians live out of their comfort zone. They just go for it. They're not afraid of anything. They're just radical. But to be honest... Most Christians live in that little black circle called your comfort zone. We're going to see today that God doesn't want you there. Life really doesn't happen there. Life only happens when you step out of your comfort zone. Our role model is Jesus. And we're going to see our role model today is not only Jesus, but it's the disciples. And you and I are learning to be disciples of Jesus Christ. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what does this comfort zone sound like? Well, let me read it to you. Most people live in their comfort zones doing what's familiar to them. They are comfortable doing the same things, eating the same food, enjoying the same friends, driving to work the same way, going on vacation to the same place, always attending the same campus, Coming to the same service. And here's the big one. Sitting in the same seat. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
I already stabbed about a thousand people just saying that. Here's another comfort zone you have. Always reading the same version of the Bible. You know what that is? Say it with me. Boring. Say it. Come on. I'll call my head. Say it. Boring. It's the best. It's not boring. I'm very comfortable there. That's what I'm trying to say to you. That is not where life is lived. Now, understand, Jesus never lived and never taught people to live in their comfort zone. Think what Jesus himself did. He left heaven. Talk about a comfort zone. And he came to earth for 33 years. He lived as a man and God. He went to the cross knowing he was going to die for you and me. He took a huge risk just doing that. On earth, we see that Jesus, as our role model, was always stepping out of a comfort zone. He was always taking risks. Let me remind you of some of them. Jesus wasn't afraid of offending the religious Jewish leaders. He would say to them, you whitewashed tombs. That's a risk. He touched people who were off limits for the religious people, lepers, and dead people. He healed them. He raised some of the dead people from the dead. He defended and forgave prostitutes. He openly met with a Samaritan woman, which was totally wrong, according to the religious Jews. He went to a party one day filled with nothing but sinful tax collectors. Twice, he went into the temple and cleaned it from dead religion. And then maybe the biggest risk, the biggest out-of-the-box thing that Jesus ever did He chose those 12 disciples that were studying, those nobodies, and he trusted them to change the world. But I want to bring it a little closer right now. Jesus took a big risk when he called you to be a follower. Take your finger. Come on, get your finger. In a moment, you want to point at your friend and say, Man, did Jesus take a risk when he called you. Go ahead, just do it right now. Just do it right now. Am I right? Come on. Yeah. See, you like doing this, but you don't like doing this. Let's, let's be honest. He took a risk with all of us. To call us disciples? Well, as you begin to think about this, let's look and see how he's going to say to the disciples, here's something out of the box. You're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. I've asked you to turn to Mark chapter 3. Scoot on down, if you will, to verse 13. One day, Jesus went up to a mountainside, and he called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. After a night in prayer, these 12 disciples were chosen, and God gives us in those three verses two purposes for these 
disciples, these two purposes that you're going to write are for you. 2,000 years, they're the same two purposes. Here's purpose number one. We see it right in this passage. Jesus called his disciples to be with him, to spend time with him. So purpose number one for you is learning to spend time with Jesus. Now, what happens when you spend time with Jesus? You become like him. And we learn that we must spend time with Jesus in the word of God. Why? We don't know what God knows. We were never designed to do life alone because we don't know what God knows. God's all-knowing. Now, we learned the best way to do that is to practice a discipline by starting each day with God and his word. In other words, 15 to 30 minutes of quiet time. But let me show with you the benefits of spending time with God. It's not just church time. It's time that you spend with God. Here's the benefits. I want you to write them down. Number one, to know God. And when I know him, I eventually become like him. Number two, to hear God. You said, Pastor Mark, can you hear God? Sure, I hear God. Every Christian should be able to hear God. Well, how do you know that? Well, because John chapter 10 says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now, notice, know God, hear God, trust God. When I know somebody, I can trust them. And when I trust them, I'm going to obey them. And when I'm going to obey them, it's going to lead to a lifestyle of actually following. That's why we call ourselves Christ followers. These must be in sequence. Is it, Pastor Mark, really kind of the only one I really want is to be able to hear God? I don't really care about the rest. It'll never happen. Now, here's something I want you to think about. I don't have time to develop it today. But what's the first one? Know God. How do I do that? I must spend time with him. So look at that list, and let me tell you what. If you don't have a quiet time, you will have none of those benefits. I can tell you that every pastor, when people come in for counseling, we will say to them, what's the issue? Marriage, money, relationships, job, drugs, alcohol, sex, a million things. What we'll discover almost every single time is they never have a quiet time with God. So I, if I could come to every one of your homes every day, and sit down with you and show you how to do it, it would change your life forever. So just believe me. It changed my life more than 20 years ago. Just believe me. Purpose number one is to be with God. That's, I mean, you're going to spend heaven with him forever. So you might as well get to know him now. Number two purpose is different, and this is interesting. Purpose number two, Jesus called them to know him, and then he was going to say, I'm going to send you out. I want you to go into the world and be like me, but then minister like me. God never called us just to be Christians and hang together and then go to heaven. So he's going to say to his disciples, I have another purpose for you. But by the way, these two purposes are for you. 
Jesus does this. He's the role model. Here it is in Matthew chapter 9. Look what Jesus does. Jesus went through. He went out. He went out of his quiet time. He went out of his time spending with his disciples. He went out, went through all the towns and villages. What did he do? He was teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. For three years, these 12 disciples watched Jesus Every day, go out. He would teach and minister. Well, who would he teach? Searching and hurting people. You're going to hear that all during the teaching. He would teach searching and hurting people. Jesus was their role model. Now he was going to send them out. He was absolutely going to send them out. Now, Turn with me to Luke chapter 9, if you will. See, sometimes we think if we're going to be sent out and we're going to share the gospel, everybody will receive the gospel. No, definitely not. And so we'll learn all these principles because we have this passage, Luke 9. In Matthew 10, we have another very long passage. I'll go there a little bit and catch those. And actually, if you want to study this week, Luke chapter 10, 72 disciples go out, not just 12. So it's not just the disciples. A lot of people say, well, this is just for the apostles. No, no, no. The 72 are people just like you and me. So all the principles are the same. Look at these two verses. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Look at verse 2. And he sent them out. Say it with me. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Here's what I want you to write. Every disciple has been sent out to searching, hurting people. That's you. Like us, these were simply ordinary people themselves. But notice what he gave them, power and authority. He delegated power, and he delegated authority to them. You say, well, Pastor Mark, like, do we still have authority to do those kind of things today? Absolutely. That's the Great Commission. Now, sent out is out of our comfort zone. It's out of an area that we're used to. When they were going to be sent out, they're going to have to step out of their comfort zone. I mean, they went with Jesus every day and watched this. Why is being sent out out of their comfort zone? One big difference. This time, Jesus doesn't go with them. They're on their own. Would you call that out of your comfort zone? Say yes. But we'll learn we're never out of our comfort zone that way because God's always with us. But Jesus would not be with them. So what does that require from us to step out of our comfort zone and to follow God? What what does that require? Because that's where real life is. That's where life is. What does that require? I want you to write it down. By the way, when you're sent out, it happens one step by one step. Understand the scripture says the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered to the Lord. So here's what I want you to write. Being sent out always requires one thing. 
a step of faith. Everybody has faith. When you came in the building today and sat down, you didn't turn to your neighbor and say, does that seat work? You just had what? Faith that it would work. And you sat down, right? Tons of you are going to get in on an airplane tomorrow or this week. You're going to travel somewhere. Do you go up to the pilot and go, uh, how long have you been doing this? Is it going to work? If it wasn't going to work, you think he'd be up there? So faith is not like this weird thing. All the way through the Bible, we simply see people stepping out in faith. It's a normal thing. Now, I always kind of think of faith like this. You're walking, right here's a corner. This is a corner. And faith is simply God's calling you and you're stepped out. And he's calling you to turn the corner. And when you turn the corner, you have no idea what's around the corner. That's faith. You're just following God. And when you get around the corner, God's going to be there with his power and with his authority. And he's going to be there and he's going to help you meet the need. But see, my comfort zone is like, okay, God, will you tell me what's around the corner? Then I'll go. God never does that. When he called Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm taking you to a land. You're going to form a nation. From that nation is going to come Jesus. Abraham, I'm sure, said, where is that? What's it look like? He says, we're going. Here we go. So that's faith. Now, I want you to understand, it was time for these disciples to put all this three years of learning into practice. Many of you have been a Christian a long time. You've been studying the word a long time. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and put the word into practice. Here's the way you want to write it. It's very simple. Sent out simply means application of what we're learning. Application of what we're learning. And we call that simply sticky faith. We get out of our comfort zone, we apply what we're learning, and as we do that, God begins to just change us, and it begins to move us to something called life, real exciting life. Now, I'm proud of you, because over the last mm, seven or eight weeks, so many of you have stepped out of your comfort zone. Now, we challenge you that Everything you have is from God. Everything you have is from God. And God wants to bless you and use you. Now, what does that look like? Well, we give back to God 10% off the top of what he's given us. It's called tithing. And as we do that, God changes us. And some of you have got it. It's a lifestyle for you now. And because we challenge you to trust God to do that, you say, well, what does God promise? Well, God promised to give back to you. Let me read a little snippet of someone who just wrote me. Remember, God says, go ahead and give it, and I'll prove to you that you can live on 90% more than you can 100. Now, here we go. Pastor Mark, I'm blessed to be able to share our experience with you. This came to me this week. Since moving back from another state, I've changed the name so you don't know who this is. James has been unemployed, and we've really struggled financially. But somehow, through all of this, through the ups and downs, we've never lost our faith. Now, James began a new job just before your tithing message. We were so grateful for the timing. As we sat that weekend, my teenage daughter sitting with us 
turned to me during the teaching and said to her dad and myself, well, I guess you'll be tithing next week, huh? Right on, teenager, go for it. I love it. So we wrote a check and gratefully returned to God a portion of what he'd given us. So they took the challenge from God and did it. Now, let me tell you what happened. The next week, I went to work and I was surprised because on my desk was a card and an envelope. I don't know who. I don't know if more than one person. When I opened the card, the exact amount we paid for ties was in the card. And I said, Pastor Mark, you arranged that so it would look good. <laughs> Listen to her next statement. Understand that no one but my husband and I knew the amount. Now, what had God just done to them? Proved his what? Faithfulness. Let's say you gave $75 in ties. She goes in on Monday morning on her desk is an envelope from somebody she doesn't know or many people with how much? $75. Well, just another coincidence of obeying God. Really? See, right now, 80% of you are going, that's ridiculous. That, do you understand that God does the supernatural? The supernatural is just as real as you are. So trust God with your life. Not just about the money, but trust God with your life. She goes on and just talks about all the neat things that were happening and how God has blessed them. So thank you for all of you that have done that. Now, well, Pastor Mark, if you say stepping out requires a step of faith, what is faith? Where does it come from? And what does God think about it? Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, as you get there, go down to verse 6. Look at the first word. And without faith, read it with me, it is impossible to please God. Are you kidding me, Pesimar? Here's what the world says. You prove it to me. There's a God. There's a heaven. There's a hell. You prove it to me, then I'll believe. God never works that way. Here's what God says. You believe, and I'll prove it to you. You say, well, that's God. I mean, how can he say that? He's God. You're not. So he wants us to trust him. Well, how can I trust him? Spend time with him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, look at the rest of it. Because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. In the Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. God never tried to prove his existence. He doesn't need to prove it. He just says, in the beginning, God. He exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God's a rewarder if we'll seek him. So what is the definition of faith? Here's, here's a definition that I use in my life. Faith is the complete confidence that God will do what he said or what he's promised. That's all we have time for today on Lessons for Living. This time in our nation's history is unlike anything that we've ever experienced. It can be confusing and stressful. And we know you may be feeling alone. We're so glad you joined Pastor Mark today to study God's Word. We pray you found comfort in what you've heard. 
Maybe today you're hearing about Jesus for the very first time. If so, we want to tell you more. Please take a few minutes and visit calvaryccm.com. There you'll find a tab simply labeled Jesus. This page will tell you all about the Savior of the world and how you can be forgiven of all your sins right now. You can have a relationship with Jesus today, no matter what your past looks like. We pray today you choose to take this step of faith. If you'd like to talk to someone about this, or if you'd like someone to pray with you, please give us a call. Our phone number is 866-779-3441. Again, that's 866-779-3441. We also want to invite you to join us for our virtual church service this weekend. Join Pastor Mark on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. Or you can search for Calvary Chapel Melbourne on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Mark's messages now, those can be found on our website too. One more time, that's calvaryccm.com. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.